Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 875. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10Fortorah.org. Today, Rosh Chodesh Sivan, Parshas Bamidbar, we are on our way to the holiday of Shavuos. And of course, Shavuos is about receiving the Torah. You know, the Jews have the opportunity, after being enslaved for all those years in Egypt, now, instead of avoiding the negative slavery, now they're going to actually focus on the positive, getting the Torah and living a positive, forward-focused life with this Torah. So, I wanted to discuss this idea of the Torah, perhaps uh, discuss what I think is a Kabbalistic idea, uh, but we'll, you know, try to bring it down to earth and try to understand what it's all about. How important, on the scale of 1 to 10, was accepting the Torah? How important was this moment? So there's a beautiful Medrash, the Medrash in Shemos Rabbah Chavtes, where it says, Amar Rabbi Yavo When God gave the Torah, Tzipor lo tzavach, of lo parach, the, uh, not a bird chirped, no bird flew. The ox, it says, Shar lo ga. A ox didn't uh, make the sound that oxen make, whatever that is. Ofanim lo afu, even like the angels didn't flutter around. Serafim lo amru kadosh kadosh. A different type of angel didn't say kadosh kadosh, as we know occurs in the heavens. Hayam lo nizdazea. The, uh, the sea somehow did not uh, create waves. Everything was flat. Everything was still. Habrios lo dibru. No, nothing spoke. Nothing in creation made a sound. The entire world is quiet and doesn't say a word until God says, And it's almost as if there's this collective uh, holding of the breath where everything in the world is waiting for this moment. How is this to be understood? So there's another Gemara, very well known, Shabbos, Daf The Gemara says, It refers to the Jews being underneath the mountain or really at the foot of the mountain but the language is strange it makes it sound like they're in bitachtis hahar in the underneath of the mountain so amar avdimi baraba barchama malamed what does it mean be right that bays malamed shakafa God held over that mountain like a gigas, like a barrel, like we're underneath this barrel, like we're coerced to take the Torah. If you accept the Torah, great. If you don't accept it, this will be your burial place. So I want you to just hold on to that idea. First of all, I hope next week to be able to pitch the other side of this. Some understand that this was not a moment of coercion, and in a moment I'll share with you an interpretation of this very Gemara that says otherwise, but we have other Midrashim that understand this moment differently. But a few lines later in this Gemara, it says, Amr Chizkiah, what does it mean when the Pasuk tells Pasuk and Tehillim? From Shemayim, Din was heard, meaning the law was given from Shemayim. Eretz Yara Vishakta, the earth saw it, I'm sorry, feared Vishakta and was quiet. Im Yira Lama Shakta, Im Shakta Lama Yira. If it was quiet, why is it fear? Why, if it was fearful, why was it quiet? What's going on? Ela Betchila, rather, Gemara says as follows. In the beginning, Yira, Ulubasof, First it was afraid, and then it was quiet. What does that mean? What was it afraid of? What's the phrase when it says at the end of creation, 
It was evening. It was morning. This was the sixth day. The Hey Yisera Hashishi Lamali Malamid Shehisna Hakadosh Baruch Hu in God made a condition with Masabereshus with creation. The Yom Hashishi. This Ha would all depend on the Shishi, the sixth day of Sivan, that would come at some later point in history, where the Jews would have the opportunity to receive the Torah. And if indeed they took that opportunity and they took the Torah, then they would be able to enjoy the world that was created, because the world was only created for the Torah to be given. And so now, maybe we can understand what it means when it says a few lines earlier that we were, so to speak, threatened with the barrel, with the mountain over our heads in order to take the Torah. This is a very important moment for creation, that there needed to be a Torah taken. Some people needed to live this purposeful life of the Torah life, that we understand it, and had that not happened, had people not done that, then what would have been the point? It's almost as if, you know, the unexamined life is not worth living. So the untorahed existence is not worth existing. There's this existential crisis if we do not accept the Torah. And literally, we are going to just, you know, disappear. What's the purpose of everything moving on? Indeed, the Maharal understands that that was the point of coercion. You know, your kid comes home from school and says, you know, by the way, you know, one of my classmates asked me to marry them. What'd you say? Uh, well, actually, I said yes. What do you mean you said yes? How could you say yes? This is a very big issue. It's a big concern the issue of marriage. You can't just jump into that willy-nilly without actually thinking it through. So too, says the Maharal, that is the understanding of this Gemara. The reason they are compelled is so that they not be flippant about the question that they're answering. It's not like a little thing whether or not you accept the Torah. It's a serious issue with an incredible amount of gravity attached, literally, you know, gravity with the mountain, attached to this decision. It's the entire world that is hanging in the balance of this decision. That's how important it is. But of course, they have to understand that you do it willingly, but also, at the same time, it's an incredibly important decision. Now, this idea gets a few levels deeper. Not only was the Torah up until that point, you know, sort of the reason that the world was going on, and contingent, the world would be contingent on whether or not we would accept the Torah, but it could be argued, based on a, a few midrashim, that the entire world just exists due to the Torah. The Medrash and Bereshis Rabbah, all in the beginning, discusses how the uh, you know God uses the Torah as an architect, uses blueprints. There's this notion of istakel ba'oraisa ubara alma. God looks at the Torah and creates the world from the Torah. The Torah is this blueprint from everything around them. Medrash and Vayikarabah as well. Chukim Shabahem Chakakti Esashamayim Vahaaretz. I used the Chukim, I used the laws in order to Chakak, in order to be able to engrave this world. The, the Gemara Psachim says, Shiva Devarim Nivru Kodem Shnivru Ha'olam. There are seven things that were created before the world was created, and one of those things is Torah. Now, how are we to understand this idea? The way we're to understand it practically is, yeah, maybe there's this, you know, sort of Kabbalistic idea that everything that we see has some sort of spiritual underpinning that's identifiable in the Torah, and everything corresponds to everything that we see, and everything in the Torah, letters or whatever correspond, but much more simply, I think, you know, we can use this in a practical level. When we think of Torah, when we think of instructions that the Torah give us, they don't speak 
to just like a thing here or there. They don't speak to just the experiences that we identify naturally as religious experiences, like davening and learning, but they speak to all of human existence. They speak to all of existence. You know, uh, Rev, uh, uh, Aaron Lichtenstein is known for the following statement, Judaism is everything or it is nothing. It permeates everything or what is it? Or like, what, what, what's the significance of it? The deeper understanding, I think, of alma means there's nothing in this world that is created that is out of the purview of Torah, right? Torah has something to say about it, maybe embrace the thing, maybe to run away from the thing, maybe to figure out how to reinterpret the thing so that it fits better. There's not a, an engagement that is not possible to be made and done through the lens of Torah learning, Torah study, and Torah application. That's what it means. Now, you'll say, what does that mean? How does that work when it comes to the mitzvot? You know, usually history happens and then mitzvot are developed, like all of the mitzvot that come from Yitzhak Mitzrayim. So we actually talked about this uh, many classes ago. We talked about that some suggest that no, it's actually the other way around. The mitzvot are the mitzvot. And the Torah contains those mitzvahs. And what happens then is history unfolds in a way that some of the mitzvahs we can understand better. And perhaps, as history continues to unfold, we'll be able to understand even more of the mitzvahs better. So altogether we have this, what I think is a very significant idea coming into Shavuos. The notion of Kabbalah Satorah is about accepting the Torah, but realizing what it is that we're accepting. It's not just the instructions that I keep for a few hours a day or a few minutes a day or for, you know for 10 minutes a day when I take 10 for Torah and then I learn about it. Really the acceptance of Torah, this blueprint of creation, makes all of creation worth existing. The reason that all the creatures in the world are breathless as the Torah is being given is because all of their lives, everything that they are all about, from angels on down, all hang in the balance. They are part of the blueprint as well and only only if the Jews accept the Torah and bring reality to this blueprint will that reality continue to exist. It's a pretty heady idea, and it's something which I think uh, we can learn a lot from, think about deeply, and hopefully apply to our lives.